Hey, I'm Kylie, ex-fitness coach turned mid-sized fashion influencer. Whether it's just me or conversation with a friend, we have real conversations around success, failures, and living your best life. I created Ambition and Grace as a space to talk open and honestly, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Throw your headphones on and join the conversation. All right, welcome back to another episode of Ambition and Grace. And I am so excited to get to share with you today a very, very special guest. She has become a Instagram friend. I love that this little Instagram community keeps growing. I started following her a couple months ago and I quickly became obsessed with following her because if you are here, you're either an entrepreneur or a mother or you just enjoy connecting to real authentic people sharing their shit. (laughs) So I became obsessed following her because she just so authentically and transparently shares her life as a mother, a content creator, a wife, and just overall being a woman. So I know that you're going to love her just as much as I do. And I thought it'd be really fun to get to share her with you as well. But What started out as a creative outlet for personal style, she has completely evolved and expanded into a space to help empower and inspire real women through real life moments. So she connects every day with women through candid and storytelling moments and is a complete go-to resource for the woman who is just in search for a relatable and attainable inspiration for all aspects of her life. So when you go and follow Lauren, which I know that you will after this, you can expect authentic approaches to everything, anywhere from body positivity, which we all know and need, um, balanced wellness tips, a journey through motherhood, and affordable outfit ideas. She has worked with giant brands such as Target, Walmart, Ollie Wellness. And I just want to say congrats. You just shared that you got your huge deal with Vital Proteins, which is just so insane. Yes. I love seeing other women just like totally crushing it. Yes. So exciting. So wanted to say congrats on that. Yes, of course. So you live in Atlanta. You got your little hubs, Brandon. You got your daughter, Lola, and the cutest Bernadoodle Tux. So without further ado, welcome to Ambition and Grace podcast. I mean, I am going to record that intro and play it every day for myself when I'm having like, you know, a moment. That was like my, I need like some hype music to it. Like I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. And um, thank you for the walkout song. (laughs) Of course. Yes. No, I love getting to see and get to have other women on who are following their dreams, but doing so, so authentically. And so I just really appreciate and like really value that with you. So I'm excited to get to share you um, you in your journey with my audience. So is there anything that I missed? (laughs) No, I'm like, you made me sound a lot better than I feel like I am. So no, I think that's, that is pretty much everything. That's all the big stuff. You you got Tux, you got Lola, you got the husband, the job. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) The job. Cool. Okay. So walk me back in. Well, we'll just walk my audience back. So how did you get into the influencing space slash content creator? I hate just referencing this as influencing because it's so much more like we're sharing so much of our lives. So I like to say content creator blogger because you have an amazing blog as well. So walk us through how long ago did you get started? How did you get started into it? And what did that look like? Yeah, so I started 10 years ago in December, my husband sent me on like a 10 year trip because it's kind of crazy that I've been doing it for that long. But I started in the affordable fashion space. I had no idea what a blog was, but I worked mm-hmm. a traditional nine to five and loved getting dressed for my, my first job out of college. 
And I had a few coworkers always asking me, like, where did you get that? It was always from Forever 21, just to be completely honest. Yes. Um, and so someone's like, oh, <laughs> you should. Seal? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, you should start a blog <laughs> and just put those links online. I was like, I don't, I don't really know what that is, but okay. So I went home. I think I Googled, like, what is a blog? And at the time, um, <laughs> her blog then was Atlantic Pacific Blair Edie. Is that how you say her last name? Anyways, I, I stumbled across her okay. page. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. So I made uh-huh. a logo. It was fashionably low because my nickname at the time was low. And I just kind of started documenting my affordable workwear. My coworker had a Nikon, so she brought her camera. And during our lunch break every day, we would take outfit photos. <laughs> Um, I love it. Just, yeah, it was a, it was a journey. Uh, but I, at the time, I just started it truly just to document my outfits. And just over mm-hmm. time, it evolved with my life. So as I started becoming interested in more things in decorating my first apartment and moving, moving to Atlanta and just traveling, it kind of evolved into more of a lifestyle blog versus just fashion. Mm-hmm. And that has kind of just carried... Mm-hmm. Um, as I got into more wellness and fitness and then of course motherhood, but now it's really just kind of transformed into a way to document what I'm thinking and what I'm going through. And um, I also, at some point when I yes. really became more interested in fitness and wellness, I saw a lack of diversity across all, all things. And so I was like, you know, I have an interest mm-hmm. in this. Let me share my perspective. And that's kind of now what I'm leaning into is just trying to, be someone that someone can say, Oh, you know, I look like her or I see myself in her. Cause I did, I didn't have that for mm-hmm. so long. And now thankfully there are so many more mm-hmm. of us out there sharing yes. different perspectives, different sizes, different shapes, different colors, different backgrounds. And I'm going on a tangent. I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into this. Part <laughs> I of, love it. Yeah. I'm creating. So yeah. what, what were some of the struggles that you encountered when you first got started? And 10 years ago, like, I mean, I kind of talk about now how living in Montana, what I do and what we do is so like you get the side eye, like, what is that? But throw it back to even like longer 10 years ago. So like you're an OG. So what were some of the struggles that you had to overcome in the beginning? Definitely. I didn't see a lot of girls or women that looked like me. And I feel like I had to push harder for myself. I remember a brand Mm -hmm. at one point telling me that I wasn't black enough for this campaign that they were casting. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't really know what that means, but you know, I was like, okay. So just a lot of, I feel like there was, it was just an interesting time because I, I'm still a nano micro influencer blogger, you know, Mm -hmm. but even then, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. you have all these girls who have millions of followers and then you have like the middle ground and you have like us, like the little ones like me. And it just was kind of challenging to get those opportunities. But I Mm -hmm. um, have a background in PR. So, I mean, I remember pitching myself uh, after the day after I launched, pitching myself for opportunities. At the time, I was just expecting gifted things. My one page Mm -hmm. was my mom. So, you know, I didn't have a lot to work with, but I just, I think I just kind of had the confidence. I'm not really sure where it came from because I look mm-hmm. at 25 year old Lauren, I don't know what she was doing, right. but that, so that was a challenge. Just, just trying to share what I thought my value was in a space that yes. wasn't very diverse at the time. If that makes sense. So then you're back, you said PR. So it was, were you in PR beforehand? Yeah. So I, my first job out of college, I was doing traditional 
PR and kind of evolved into digital marketing. And so that's what I was doing when I started. And I was doing it for the Army Army Reserve. So it wasn't creative at all. Oh, um, okay. Definitely no fashion was involved. So that was also kind of uh, what sparked the blog at the time was just like good creative outlet for the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Gosh, did yeah. you have to overcome imposter syndrome too? Yes. Absolutely. But yeah, I think for me, it was just, I don't know, I really enjoyed what I was doing. And and just at the time, really just focusing on that. And also, I didn't have the sense of this could be a job one day, which maybe helped because at the time I truly was just mm-hmm. doing it for this is cool. I have a job and then Fun. you know whatever happens. Yeah. yeah. And then to see eventually that it could lead into a job or a career was probably when a, a big mindset shift happened too, which kind of helps with that. So were you with your husband at this point yet? Not when I started. We had known each other, okay. um, but we, okay. I think we, when I moved to Atlanta, I was working at a nonprofit and I would say around that time was when I started mm-hmm. getting paid for collaboration, still like pennies, nothing. And my husband and I were dating then mm-hmm. and he was honestly like my biggest and he mm-hmm. still is. My biggest, honestly, that interview you gave, I feel like he could have written it for you. He's like my biggest yes. cheerleader, biggest hype person. <laughs> um, he was taking the blog photos when we went on trips and would tell oh, people, oh, she's a blogger. Awesome. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he, he was Instagram husband before he was the husband. Um, but yeah, so he definitely helped a lot, especially when I made the decision to quit, literally quit my day job and do this full time. Yes. He was a big a big help and a big reason as to why I feel like I was able to do that. I feel like that's something that we also don't talk a ton about, or at least I have, I mean, I do, but that's something that's so important, especially not even if you're just going into being a content creator and influencer, but when you're going to follow a dream, it's so critical and important to make sure that your partner or your spouse is also so supportive and the number one fan of your like, career, life, all of that. So I love hearing that. So then when you guys like make it through there and then you go into full-time content creator. So now you're full-time content creator. And then let's like go into the motherhood aspect of it too. That's like one of your huge content pillars that you share and talk a lot about with your audience. So what did that look like? Like, were you nervous as, okay, I have this full-time job, like, and now we're going to add in motherhood with that what was the thought process there for you? Because that's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, it still is terrifying because we have our job is so unpredictable. We can have a slow month like January. I'm out here updating my resume because I'm like, okay, well, nothing's ever going to happen again. And then you have a busy month. And then it's Travis. Yes. It's that's what I was, it was my first year as a content creator. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. January and February. This is not good. Yeah, it's it's scary. But I will say, so to, to back up, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, should I get a real job now? And the master was like, you do have a real job. Like, a quote right, unquote, a real job. yeah. Yeah, yes. a real job. So that was my first thought, to <laughs> be completely honest. It was scary. But, mm-hmm. you know, I I feel like maybe it made me work even harder, harder to one, really establish who I am because I, I also didn't want to become something that I wasn't. I knew that I wanted to continue to share like a well-rounded view of my interests and my life. And I love being a mom and I mm-hmm. love Lola. 
But I also didn't want my account to just focus on that aspect of my life. So I felt like I really took some time when I was yes. pregnant to kind of plot out what that could look like. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously being a mom has become a, a content pillar because I also love sharing that part. There are so many moms out there, new moms, moms who have, mm-hmm. you know, college age kids that still just want to hear about it. But, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to understand what that would look like for me. And then also trying to juggle, you know, a, a non-flexible job like being a mom with, I feel like the world's most yes. flexible job. I could work all day if I wanted, which I've had to be a lot more intentional about setting office hours and not being on my phone so much, especially mm-hmm. in front of her. Boundaries. Um, and yeah, yeah, carving out, like in my calendar, I have like Lola and mommy time blocked out because I, I will work all day. We, mm-hmm. we could just literally work all day. So mm-hmm. that has been, I would say, probably the biggest mm-hmm. challenge, just be, having some of that mom guilt, like I'm doing too much or not enough or, you know, all of that. And then also worrying about becoming too mom content heavy. So I don't know, that's, that's been like my recent yes. challenge. Okay. How have you been able to overcome some of those challenges then? I know that you, like I obviously following you and stuff, you like to journal. So that's something, but what are some of the steps that you can give to somebody that's listening right now that can relate to that as being a new mom, but then also wanting to like, you know, be an entrepreneur, be a businesswoman, whatever that looks like. What are some tips to somebody who's struggling with that right now? Yeah. So I would say the thing that has worked for me has just been communicating how I'm feeling to my husband and to my friends. I have mm-hmm. other friends who are creators who are new moms, talking to them, talking to my husband, saying, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling inadequate in this area or you know, talking to my mom. I feel like just what, regardless of the problem, I think communicating the way that you're feeling to somebody else not only takes mm-hmm. the weight off your shoulders, but you'll, you'd be surprised that you're just not in a, alone. There are a lot of people that are mm-hmm. experiencing similar challenges or struggles in different aspects of their life. So that really helps me to just first hear that I'm not alone. And also when you surround yourself with people that support you and love you, they also will be the first one to say, Lauren, you're doing a great job or you're, you're being a great mom or, but look at this vital proteins opportunity yes. that you've got. Like you're doing these amazing things. So honestly, having that reassurance has helped too. And then just being mm-hmm. intentional, like I said, carving out those office hours, carving out the mommy and, and Lola time, which that might sound so type A, which I am. No, but that's that has helped a lot. See my calendar. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's color coded. But yeah, those things have definitely helped me kind of navigate the balance of motherhood and, and running a business and also just kind of having mm-hmm. a personal life, which is important. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then you also share too of like your journey of postpartum and breastfeeding. And again, that's like something that just not a ton of people talk about. Like I even breastfeeding just coming, like relating to you is that, I mean, I didn't realize that it was postpartum because I was a teen mom. I was 18. So I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Let alone knowing that like, you know, I was coming out of this traumatic childhood and then throw in depression and anxiety and then postpartum. Mm -hmm. And so I, there were all of these signs that I can look back now and be like, like, oh shit, like you were going through postpartum and what that looked like. So then what is your journey through postpartum looking like? And then I didn't realize that I wasn't able to produce enough milk. Like it was so frustrating. It would take me over an hour to feed my daughter. But then I realized it was because I wasn't eating from my postpartum. So then I'm not able to produce milk. And so it was just like a whole thing. So I think it's so just cool and very brave for you to be so open and transparent about it. And then like, obviously, before doing this, I went through and did a little extra research on you and you sharing it. And I just love how 
there are some days where you're like, I'm just going to talk and I'm not looking for anybody to respond and give me an answer. <laughs> like, I don't want to be overwhelmed. Like, this is just me sharing how I'm feeling today. So what did you realize with postpartum? Like, when did you realize that you were struggling with it? What did it look like? What were some really like tangible tips that you took away that helped you? I mean, maybe it's not even overcome. I also just saw that it doesn't just take a few weeks or a few months. Like, it can take up to years for women to recover from postpartum. So I'll stop talking now. <laughs> so what did that look like for you? Yeah, well, I'll kind of bring it up. So our feeding journey, I will say going into it, I had zero expectations. I didn't feel super passionately about one method or the other, which I know is not how most women are. A lot of my friends and family had their mm-hmm. hearts set on one way, which is fine. I just think I... Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I was worried about how to organize the nurse. I don't know. It just didn't cross my mind. So when the time (laughs) came, I was wildly surprised that I couldn't just do whatever I wanted. Um, So that was the first Mm -hmm. shock. But even then, I was like, honestly, I just want to get her fed. And so we um, Mm -hmm. started with formula kind of right in the hospital. And I was pumping Mm -hmm. for hours and not not getting anything. And I was eating enough. And uh, it just was not working for us. Um, and I will say, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to cause an issue. My husband and I did not tr- fully agree, which it is okay. I also feel like, you know, he is supportive, but he also had a thought, whatever. Anyway, so we, yeah. there, was, there was a lot of conversations and we, you know, talked a lot, but we ended up just making the decision to do exclusively formula, which was fine. Lola mm-hmm. is thriving. And that's what I, I did. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like that's what Izzy was a formula baby. And like you said, it can be controversial, but at the end of the day, your baby needs to get fed. Yeah. And, you know, I, one of the things that kind of speaks to, I feel like some of my postpartum mentality is I sometimes feel a little bit like a selfish mom. And I don't feel like it's a bad Mm -hmm. thing. I, Mm -hmm. a lot of the things I talked about before even getting pregnant, it was really that mind shift to prioritize yourself as a woman. I feel like, my husband and I, mm-hmm. we took a break years ago, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I realized mm-hmm. how I don't put myself first at all. And I made some changes in my life to really prioritize my health, my mental health, physical health, all of that. And I was thinking to myself mm-hmm. when I was postpartum, yes, Lola is my priority. I would do anything to make sure she's good. But also, if I'm not good, she's not going to be good. So that that's, is such a good yes, yes. Yeah. So that that really helped also kind of I think my husband understood the same thing um after talking about it. Like, okay, you're right. <laughs> we all need you to be good and then we'll all be good. Yes, like you have to make sure that yourself is good before you can take care of everybody else around you. And I feel like again, it's kind of one of those unspoken things that once you become a mom that it's like, okay. Like everybody else around me has to be taken care of, which obviously, yes, we need to make sure that we're taking care of our children. But also at the end of the day, if you're not good, then you're not going to be able to show up and be the mom that your child needs, right? Exactly. And I that's something that I feel like has stuck with me through postpartum, especially trying to navigate mm-hmm. this body that is totally different. Uh, beautiful body. Yes. It is. Yes. And you know, I... Like everyone else, I have days where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is not what I, where I thought I'd be almost, a lot, I guess, 11 mm-hmm. months now. You know, I thought I'd be back mm-hmm. to my pre-pregnancy body and I, I don't believe in the snapback culture, but it's crazy how your brain somehow still thinks that way, even if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, it's again, being a little bit selfish and trying to prioritize that, 
you know, hey, babe, I need you to home by this time so I can get in my workout or I'm going to work out in the morning. So you're yes. doing something in the morning. And it's just having those conversations and working together. Um, mm-hmm. Because for me, it's not just like physically how I look. I think working out and, and just resting even are forms Mentally. of self-care for me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've just tried mm-hmm. to prioritize. And that has helped a lot with my, mm-hmm. I would say, body image postpartum too. Um, you know, I think about, I love my mom, but I, you know, I grew up and there was Weight Watchers and all of these other yep. diet trends and things. And she didn't know any better. Um, and now we are starting mm-hmm. to know better. And I just, I also want to be a good example for Lola. So I think about, you know, mm-hmm. if Lola had these thoughts about herself, what would I tell her? So um, mm-hmm. that's going to make me start crying thinking about it. But, you know, I try to think about oh. that, you know, <laughs> I should be kind to myself too. Just like I want her to be kind mm-hmm. to herself and other women that follow me. And that's, something we've bonded over a lot of the girls that follow me and girls that I follow. I like to surround myself with that kind of mentality too. Mm -hmm. Um, And that helps me a lot Mm -hmm. kind of in this postpartum journey. Yes. That's what I bring up too of when we're talking to ourselves or something so small as if we put on a pair of pants and it's like, oh my gosh, I look so fat in these pants. Like Mm -hmm. our daughters are watching us or sons. And so it's so, so, so important. That's why speaking nicely and kindly to ourselves, even when we're by ourselves, but in front of other people that other, like our little, those little eyes and ears are picking up all of those little things. And all those little things are going to end up in the big things when they're talking to themselves. So I love that. So basically what I'm hearing from you is one communication is so, so, so important, but then two, taking the time for yourself and for you Like you said, even resting, that's such a, such an important part too, but you still like, even when you guys were in Tulum and everything of like, okay, just a quick 20 minute workout on the balcony and like taking that time for you. So going into that, and then you were saying too, of your journey with breastfeeding. So then like, did you have, what did that conversation look like? You were saying that your husband, you guys kind of had different points of view or mindset with that? What was that? Yeah. So I, hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing this and hopefully it's not, con- I don't know if it's controversial or not. He is obviously very supportive. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's not right. supportive, but I think mm-hmm. for our situation specifically, I think he, like I said, I didn't have kind of a vision. I was just kind of like, whatever happens. I think he yeah. had a thought of me, you know, nursing or breast milk, mm-hmm. which that was just mm-hmm. his thought process. Um, mm-hmm. So when things weren't working, you know, he was supportive and we tried different things. We had lactation consultants and um, we were doing research. I was eating the, the oatmeal cookies and doing all the things. Yes. And honestly, what also happened is Lola has been sleeping straight through the night since she was four weeks old. So, you oh. know, with her sleeping, <laughs> she loves you. She's weird. <laughs> I don't understand what happened. <laughs> But, you know, one of the things that was happening is she was sleeping through the night. So I was like, I'm definitely sleeping through the night. So anyways, different things <laughs> affected the flow. I also, Again, that was me being, I would, I would say, pretty selfish um, in the moment. But mm-hmm. so anyways, the conversation that we had was a lot of times over the, those t- first 12 weeks was, you know, I was like, how do you feel about doing just formula? This isn't working. His thought process was, are we mm-hmm. trying everything to make sure it's going to work? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just kind of talking through that, you know, he never was like, you're going to breastfeed or anything like that. I think he just wanted to know that every thing had been tried. Um, and also making sure that Lola was okay. Cause also, Mm -hmm. you know, I had done the research knowing that 
Lola will be okay either way. He hasn't yes. done any research. So, you know, he sees what he sees yes. in, in society and what family members are communicating to us mm-hmm. about what's best. But when it came down to like close to that 12 week mark, we were getting ready to go on a trip. And I was like, am I supposed to bring the pump? Or are we going to bring formula? He's like, let's just do formula. And I was like, sold, let's do it. And then that kind of just, mm-hmm. we kind of just fell into <laughs> that was doing a trick it that question. way. Yeah. That was- yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what it was like. It wasn't okay. anything dramatic, but yeah. Okay. So then again, just talking about the work-life balance, what are three tips that you have for somebody again? Because I know the audience, entrepreneurs, motherhood, whatever that looks like. So balancing it, what does that look like? Like you said, you in the morning, like kind of with the working out and stuff of the, oh my gosh, I am totally brain fart workouts in the morning or whether it's coming home at night. But then also you said that you have like the little time chunks of, okay, this is a little mom time. But then like, how do you work? That's what I, cause I am trying to imagine like my daughter's at school all day when I'm working. So how do you do that with a little 11 month old baby at home and like creating content and then negotiating contracts and how do you do it? Well, I am <laughs> a huge fan of like time blocking. Um, so I have, you know, mm-hmm. ongoing tasks that I have for my business and I will can send you screenshots, like, you know, following mm-hmm. up on brand contracts is 30 minutes, pitching new brands is an hour, mm-hmm. um, following up on invoices mm-hmm. is 15 minutes. So I literally time block my tasks and I just, I know that I have really the naps to work and maybe an extra hour or two. So whatever equals to that five hours is what I can get done in a day. So I kind of ahead of time block out. Okay. It's like a, like a puzzle. So that that's how I work it. And again, the yes. time in me, it just really helps to manage that. And then I also time block my workout or meal prep or, you know, again, the Lola and mommy time. That's just the only way that I can do it mm-hmm. and still try to be hands-on, mm-hmm. still work and still try to have, you know, personal time. So I, I try to work out first thing in the morning or yes. after she's sleeping. So that's kind of how I, that's the best way for me to personally. What would you it. say the biggest struggle that you have had to overcome with the work-life balance with motherhood, being a wife, like what's the biggest struggle and how have you overcome that? I would say the biggest struggle is just actually putting my phone down. <laughs> Because it's you know, so hard. Can, it is so it's hard. hard. It's hard. You social media in general is just tricky to to get off of sometimes. But when you know you sometimes yes. feel a pressure to be and know with things that are going on and trends, and then you enjoy hearing from other people. I mean, I so anyways, mm-hmm. that I feel like is my biggest schedule is putting my phone down and being in the moment. Even when we were in Tulum, I felt this need to create, create, create the whole time. I was constantly setting up my phone <laughs> to film things, and I'm like. You look, first of all, this is crazy. Like, enjoy yourself. But then I'm like, oh, but you know what? I'm having a bad body image day. Let me film myself in my swimsuit so I can capture this feeling and that will help somebody. So yes. that that's hard. Yes. is just trying mm-hmm. to, to break away from it. <laughs> I relate to that so much, especially when your phone is accessible 24-7. And like you said, like part of our job is sharing our life. And so it's so hard to have that disconnect of, okay, I'm going to have a date night with my husband tonight, but it's like, oh, I can make this into a quick little thing for my story. And Travis is like, babe, (laughs) put the phone down. (laughs) We need you and me time. Like, yes. So just finding that I totally get that. So, okay. What is next for you? Like, what are your goals? Obviously you've already hit like a 
you've hit multiple giant milestones, but as a content creator influencer, what are the next goals? What does that look like for you? This answer might surprise you. I, I'm not a big goal setter, surprisingly. Okay. I, that could be why I have a pretty stagnant, you know, situation, but honestly, I just want to be able to continue to do what I'm doing. So, you know, I would love to secure more, you know, long-term brand partnerships. I think those mm-hmm. are the ones that I get the most excited about, especially with the brand that I genuinely use. I feel like that that's yes. kind of that's the goal is to just have more of those because sometimes I say yes to everything cuz I'm just so scared of what the next month will be. So having yes. some of that security would be definitely a goal. And mm-hmm. just I want to continue to grow my brand. I have no idea how long I'll be in the creator space. Since I've been doing mm-hmm. it for ten years, I just don't know what you know is what's the expiration date if there is one. So, I yeah. a plan. Maybe it's a goal is to this year start kind of thinking through how to take it to or expand the brand into something else. So that's something that mm-hmm. I'll be working on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you have any ideas of like what that would look like? Well, for a little while, right before I got pregnant, I had um, a fitness brand where I did workouts and had an app and things like that. So I really love that space, especially as someone with kind of a curvier body. I've got cellulite. Mm -hmm. I don't have a six pack. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's really important for women to see a body like that also working out. Real life bodies, right? Yeah, real, just a real life body. Right. And so that's, that's what I would like to do. And I would also love to have a line of active wear that doesn't have sizes on it. That's like a dream goal. I don't know how to make that happen, but that's like put it out a there. Long-term. Yeah, we're going to put it out yes. there. Yes. So yes. Those, that's kind of like what I'm thinking. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So then wrapping it up, if you could go back, what would you tell Lauren 10 years ago? I always like asking that question. If you could go back Ooh. and tell her, what would you tell her or a piece of advice? I feel like my biggest piece of advice to my younger self is to just like get to know who you are and what makes you mm-hmm. unique and what makes you different and just, just embrace that. When mm-hmm. I was younger, younger in high school, 10 years ago, when I started my blog, I was so busy trying to be like whatever I saw was, you know, yes. popular or doing well or, you just know, wanting to magazines. be excited. Yeah, I wanted so so hard to be accepted and validated. And I spent a lot of time doing literally what everyone else was doing and what everyone else was saying was their thing. And I feel like I wasted Mm -hmm. a lot of time and energy on that. So that's what I would tell the younger version. Just what do you like to do? What do you love about yourself or what makes you unique? And just like embrace that package and then just be that. And whatever happens, happens. Um, Mm -hmm. And I still need to remind myself of that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yes. What part in your journey did you realize like, hey, you're wanting to be accepted so badly by everybody else. Like we don't need the outside validation. We just need the validation from you. So what point did you realize that? Honestly, probably just like two or three years ago. I don't know if something happened. Well, actually, maybe it was a little bit longer than that. I would say my my husband and I, I mentioned earlier, we kind of broke up, broke up, took a break. It was one of those, you know, Ross or Rachel situations. Like, I don't really know what it was. But during that that time, I did a lot of just self-reflection. And that was, I guess, maybe five years ago. So anyways, I would say like around that time, it was part of just this whole eat, pray, love moment of like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, why am I editing my photos this way when that's not how my life is represented. You know, I was, I just realized yeah. all these things I was doing and it was like a progressive, it wasn't overnight. I just flipped a switch, but I really just started to mm-hmm. 
be more in tune with who I am and what I felt like made me special. And I even just started thinking about, you know, what is the value that I'm adding that someone else can't just in general in life. Mm. Um, and I would mm-hmm. say that's kind of what pivot, what really kicked that off. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point too. And I think that's like the direction that social media has gone to like five years ago. I feel like social media was showing all the perfect things, having all the filters, mm-hmm. editing everything. And now it could literally not be more <laughs> opposite because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we all have flaws and we all have struggles. And that's what makes it so much more relatable now and so much more attractive of people like you showing up and saying like, I had a hard day today or I had a bad body, bad body image day, but I'm going to document this because I know that somebody out there is going to be able to relate to that. So I love that. And I think that that's just a really good, that's a great ending note to give somebody a reminder. And especially for somebody who's wanting to go into being a content creator and everybody like, I even had the thought of, oh my gosh, there's millions of other people that are doing this. Like, I'm just going to be another fish in the sea. But like you said, like your voice, your experiences are what make you different from the millions of other people. The beautiful thing is that there is nobody else out there in the world that has your story, your voice, and that there's probably like there's so many people out there that are waiting to hear your voice and your story to be able to relate to you. So never, ever, ever let that hold you back. Yeah, definitely agree. So, love that. Yes. So, is there anything else that you want to say, you want to put out there? Any for moms, entrepreneurs, just like a little word of advice or anything? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yes, I have two quick things. One, I would say okay. just for women in general, but especially moms, because I feel like the postpartum stage is never over. There's always going to be a mm-hmm. part of you that feels a certain way. Just like, just live, just live your life, take the pictures, wear the swimsuit, just like do the things that you enjoy doing. I know I'm only 11 months in, so I have a long journey ahead of me, but I feel like that is one Mm -hmm. thing that has kept me very grounded. And I just want other women, honestly, even if you're not a mom, just love yourself, just Mm -hmm. love yourself, period. (laughs) Yes, Um, the flaws and and all. Yes, everything. And second... Mm -hmm. Kylie, you are honestly amazing. I am so happy that I stumbled across your corner of the internet. And I just think you do such an incredible job. And you have inspired me so much, especially over the past few weeks as I like, you know, you kind of lose yourself a little bit postpartum. Mm -hmm. And then you see all these moms doing cool content. I'm like, okay, am I, you know, anyways, I feel like you really grounded me and I've been kind of looking up to you a lot. So I just wanted to say thank you. That means yeah. the world to me. Thank you. No, I'm so glad that we crossed paths and the internet is a wild place. It is. <laughs> it's a wild it place, is. but I love it. And I'm so grateful and happy that you agreed to come on here so I could share you with my audience because I know, I already know. It was funny, actually. There's a handful of people that follow me that when I posted you on my story last week, they're like, oh my gosh, I know her. And I'm like, wait, in real life? Oh. And they're like, no, I follow her. <laughs> Like, yes. Also, I'm like, because you're my people and we're all each other's people. So Lauren, I am so grateful that you came on. And I just like, I really look up to you and admire you too. And you're just doing amazing things. And I know there's a lot of women that look up to you and admire you for being real and authentically you. And we all appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Where can everybody find you? I know you have a blog, Instagram, do all the things. 
Yes. So my blog is laurenelise.com and Instagram is just at laurenelise. And yeah, that's where I'll be. Yes. So everybody go and follow her. Check out her blog. It is beautiful. And follow along. Yeah. No. So Lauren, again, appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I'm excited to have this come out next week. Thank you so much. I can't wait. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women as I can feel empowered to show up as her best self. If this episode supported you in any way, the best way to show your appreciation is to just screenshot this episode and share it on your social media or even better, drop a review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you wanna get more personal, you can reach me on Instagram at double underscore Kylie Nelson or at Kylie underscore Nelson one on TikTok. See you back here next week.